Hey guys, how you all doing? It's Neil this week, this episode. Um, I think I've fixed the issue with the microphone that you lovely guys contributed towards with your uh, coffee donations. So you should be able to hear me in both of your ears or both of your speakers or however you choose to listen, unlike the <clears throat> annoying episode last time. Sorry about that. So today I'm off out for a walk. Um, as I tend to do on these episodes now. Um, yeah, so it's, what is it? Saturday the 19th of September. It's quarter past one, just after lunch. And um, yeah, so our government here in the UK implemented the rule of six. Um, when was that? Monday. So it's kind of a bit of a pain for, for my family because we're five already. So to meet up with any other family, i.e. relatives and anything at the moment, there's a bit of a pain. So um, my wife said, okay, I'm gonna go and see go and see her mum and dad, uh, take the kids. You won't be able to come though, because uh, that'd be seven people. Is that gonna be all right? I was like, yeah, sure. I don't really want to go and hang around with the in-laws at the moment anyway. I'd rather go and take some pictures. So that's what I'm doing. I've got a full, uh, permission to go off and take some photographs so I thought I'd bring you guys along as well. So where am I? I'm of course walking the um, South Wadhouseworth railway line route again because that's what I seem to be obsessed with at the moment so I'm on a stretch between uh, what used to be Blythborough Station and Winniston Station. Look them up on Google if you like. Um, it's not really much here. Um, I can't remember if you, you may have seen on Instagram, I took a picture of, there's a, an old, um, the very last building that's part of the railway line. Uh, so that's just behind me now, um, near the station at Blyburn. I'm just walking along the track bed, um, back towards Winston, see if there's anything interesting I can find. I've got my, I've got lots of cameras with me today, because the car is about just a hundred yard walk away, so I thought I'll bring loads of stuff and see what happens so it's going to be one of those little uh, go out with one camera take some pictures go back to the car go out with another camera take some pictures you know one of those little trips <clears throat> so right now i've got my speed graphic with me that's all i've got with me at the moment um back's gone a bit twingy again so i'm not lugging loads of stuff around all at once Beautiful day. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful day, like I say, not a cloud in the sky. Lovely day for a walk. Not so grand for some photographs maybe at this time of day. But the sun's pretty much directly overhead, but we shall see what we can find. is ideal because this footpath I'm walking down is really quite thin so the idea of social distancing whilst passing anyone is kind of laughable if I'm honest but I should worry about that if we come to it. What's probably going to happen is as soon as I set the speed graphic up someone will come along. So that's what normally happens. 
So this project that I'm working on, it's going to be one of those uh, long on-running projects, but I'm not really sure where I'm going with it. Um, so originally when I thought about shooting it, I was going to be sort of just taking in like the route and what's left along the route, but there's not really very much. Um, it's just kind of, a lot of it is just footpath at the moment. There's not really much that's happening along it. Um, so wind just kind of got the marshes across to my right and the wind just kind of got up and made a lot of noise. I have got the uh, wind muffler on so hopefully you'll still be able to hear me. I've also got earphones in as well so that I can monitor the sound and I can hear there's uh, some houses just sort of set to the other side of the path and they've got a sprinkler going and I can just kind of hear what sounds like rain on a beautiful sunny day. It's just a bit of an odd, odd thing. Anyway, so so I've come out of the so the bit where I was walking is kind of lined with trees, and it's like that stretch near Warburswick that I spoke about before, where the trees just kind of meet at the top. And I've come out of a section, another section like that, and um, it's now really quite open. And there's a so I'm walking up on the right, like I say, is the marshes lead out to the estuary. And on my left is the back gardens of what looked to be some very expensive houses. There's a lady looking at me from her back door. Looks like she's going, what are you doing walking down there? How dare you? Whatever, she's gone now and this is a public footpath. So we're going to keep having a little walk. Um, there's a scene down here that I've captured before with uh, my pinhole camera that I'd like to try and catch on on large format um, with my speed graphic. <clears throat> and it's again, it's, the, it's just sort of looking down the track bed. So when I say track bed, I mean just like the, the path where the sort of the bed of the ground where the track used to be. There's no track here anymore. But. <coughs> I think we might be out of luck because when I captured it last time, it was a different time of year and there was more leaves on the trees and stuff and the trees were a bit more sort of bulked out and it's now yeah it's not gonna work yeah so I think it's just a bit a combination of there not being much sort of foliage on the trees and the sun being directly overhead that's not really sort of I was kind of hoping for some, maybe some interesting shadows or something like that, but there's not really anything now. So it's going to carry on a little bit further up um, where the sort of trees become a little bit more bushy. But I suspect that this is going to be a, a no no. I mean, I'd like to, I know that there's no um, remains of the line here now. But the photographs that I t 
take. Um, what am I trying to say? When you, I'd like to, if possible, when when you look at when someone looks at the pictures, even if they have no context as what they're looking at, some of the scenes that I've photographed before is not obvious, but it's kind of. It's not hard push to think there used to be a railway line there, just because of the way how straight they are, um, just the way the trees are. But this it does just look like a just like a footpath. There's nothing sort of really terribly interesting and or obvious about it. So. Lots of silence, so I'm going to potentially have to edit out of this. I don't have a terrific amount to say at the moment. This is kind of interesting. Not interesting enough to take a photograph of, but so there's a. So I'm walking back in the opposite direction now. On one of the bottoms of the gardens, bottom of the fence, for one of these houses, there's actually a section of, of a railway line. So that's the actual metal line, um, and it's kind of wired to the top of uh, the fence. And there's a little sign that says, "Above is a railway line from the Southwold Railway, which ran along this path." The three-foot-gauged line ran from Hauser, calling it Winston, Blythe, Wolverswick, terminating at Southwold. They opened in 1879, closed in 1929. And it's an actual section of, yeah, railway, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's not really, uh, not really going to make a photograph of the project, because like I say, it's just kind of rather haphazardly screwed, um, wired onto the fence. So we'll carry on. I'm wondering now whether if I head back the way I came, um, back to towards the car, I say the path was kind of covered by trees and there was kind of that, uh, the dappled light on the ground, like in the shot that I spent ages trying to get a few episodes back in Walkersby. Um, so we might have a look and see if we can do something about that, because that's, that's always a nice shot, I think. remember I spent what seemed like about three or four uh, trips, definitely a couple of episodes I think, took a back of support trying to get that shot, uh, tried the meter for the highlights and sort of crush the shadows down. And I found it very very difficult using the uh, the meter that I had at the time and I think, you know, I can't even know how I ended up doing it, whether it was guesswork or I seem to have a memory of using the meter in my A1 or something like that. So I finally got the, the shot, but since then I've got a um, 
a Pentax spot meter. Uh, I'm not sure which one of them. One of them. Um, and it seems to be quite good, quite accurate, and it would be a good opportunity to sort of try that. Got some sheets of FB4 loaded up, so maybe if we head back in that direction, we'll see what we can find. Okay, so I'm glad I had you on a pause on the cord pause then. So I was walking up to like a Y in the path. There's a lady having a wild week. <laughs> Just on the path where I wanted to go, so she disappeared fairly sharpish. <laughs> Fucking random. Right, so I'm now back up the um so I just wandered off on the other path. No idea where it went, but I just wandered up there for five minutes. Not facing you, that's very awkward. But I did find a, a shot that I might take uh, a bit later on. Uh, I've got my pinhole camera with me, I might come back and take that. I'll talk about that in a bit. <clears throat> so I am back up the path now, where I came down. And looking for this sort of dappled light, but it's not really... It's not really as prominent as I hoped it would be, so I think we're going to maybe take a pass on that. Just sort of turning around, there's a yeah, just another shot of straight back down the path. It's not really that exciting, but just tree lined, and tree covered. So maybe we're going to just kind of bite it on that. As soon as I stick you guys on pause, the wind drops. And literally as soon as I've got something to say. Flaming hurricane coming through again. <clears throat> so let's just have a bit more of a wander. Potentially, uh... interesting scene up here where where the path meets uh, the car park so the car park is I'm entirely sure that the car park is um, where there were um, where the track ran and there was a, lot, a couple of sidings um, for like goods trains and stuff and a few good sheds that are now all long gone um, so that's where the car is but there's kind of an interesting shot potentially down here where the path comes out of the car park, there's now a gate that goes across it. Um, nothing to do with the railway, it's to stop, I guess, motor vehicles going down the footpath. <coughs> it's kind of a fucking wind. Try that, duck in a, duck in a bush. Um, yeah, potentially an interesting sort of commentary there about no entry, railway line is long gone, no entry down the railway line, something along those lines, something fine arty like that. So I think what I'm going to do is at least, it's hard to tell through the camera, but I'm going to at least get the camera out and have a look and see what it looks like on the ground glass and see if that's any good. So I'll come back to you in just a moment. Okay, so yeah, 
I had a look at it on the ground glass. Um, lovely thing about this camera is you can, because uh, it's, well, whether it's because it's a press camera or whatever, you can just sort of pull it out and open the uh, aperture and have a look, quick look through it and see whether it's worth taking the shot. And I think that's, that's quite nice when the sun comes out, there is sort of this dappled light and there's a gate right in the middle. I quite like that. So. Works quite well low down, I think. So the tripod's maybe what, about two feet off the ground, two and a half feet off the ground, something like that. And I don't really want the gate right in the middle of the picture, though. So let's just adjust for that. Do we want more? Sorry, I've got my head under the dark cloth now, so I don't know whether you'll be able to hear me. Uh, do we want more ground or more tree? Definitely more tree. Ground's not really that exciting. Then there's, there's going to be a little bit of blown out highlights in the sky there, but I think we'll just live with that. Gate's the main feature of the, course of the predominant bit of the picture. Going straight away to the path behind it, and it's almost kind of, it's literally going right across the path, which is what I want. So, do we want to go rule of thirds here with the gate there? No, I don't think we do. I think that's to be broken today. And that's just going to be the bottom of the frame. Let's just try and line that up so it's straight. Sorry, yeah, you're fine, mate. Yeah, you're fine. Dude just sneaked up behind me. <laughs> Asking if he can walk down. Oh, it's nice of him. Nice of him to ask him. Do that on FP4. Yeah, and so let's need to check what hole 
because I've got a few holders, but they're mixed films for some stupid reason. Getting number one, so A and B and three, four. I think I've said before, all my holders are numbered sort of 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B. And I keep a, a, um, like a spreadsheet on my phone so that I know what's in what at what time. Which works out quite well as long as I remember to update it. Which, to be fair, I don't need to. Okay, so let's take that That's in focus. So we can just pop that away. All the people are now going out of the shot. We need to meet you with that, don't we? No, not. <coughs> so, FP4. I quite like FP4 at 200, so we're going to meet at that at 200. A la Henry from Towers from Magic Fox. Let's have a go there. This is the first time I've used this meter to actually meter a proper photograph. So, let's see how this works. So, the idea is when you hold it up, you look for it, and if there's enough light, so we look at the sky, it moves the meter straight up by having the push button, and that moves up, up to 14. Which, if I was shooting the sky, move around to 14 on there, and that would be saying, 125th at f16 at 200. Seems a bit wrong. Yes, it's wrong. There's two sort of scales. It's a 14. It's either 14 or 8. Eight is no, an eight for the second. No, it's actually not so much fourteen. The bigger numbers are the brighter value. Because I guess I got eight for higher end there, so the dollars. <coughs> so it's pointed back down the scene. So the dark bits down there. Oh, well, that's just over three. So F. Twenty-two or thirty-two. 32 this <clears throat> That's saying those shadow areas is in a minute. And the bright areas, the bits that I kind of want to expose for. Pretty sure he said meter for the shadows, no two stops. That should give you decent shadow details if I try that. Well, 
I'm gonna, I don't want to do that anyway because I don't want any. I don't want much detail in the shadow. Quarter of a second. Right, I might actually drop that and stop. No, yeah, good old boy. So I don't want them so bright. No, hang on. Oh, I think back to that metering episode of Henry's. So if I meter this, this is coming out of middle grey. I don't want that middle grey, I want it quite bright. Alright, well I guess we're just going to go for it and see what happens. 11, 11, 32, it's quarter of a second, turn that grey. So we're going to give it one second and see what happens. One second, AF32. Absolutely brilliant, especially for large format. Tuck that back in the bag. 
genuinely, I mean that everything I shoot with a large format, but 99.9% of the stuff I shoot with a large format, I write down in that book. So I have a record of it. And then it goes into another spreadsheet at home on the computer. Because I'm that angry retentive. Right, camera away. Clicky click. Off the tripod. Format does. Oops, on the floor. So this format does sometimes seem like when I sit at home, I want to go out and take some pictures. This format does seem a bit of a, a ball ache, to be fair. When you get out and do it, it be really satisfying. Right, so. Bag back on the back. And oh, look at that. My car is literally 20 feet away from me. That's what we like. One step, two step, three step, four step, five step, six step, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Don't know why I need, felt the need to do that. Probably. Right. So, <clears throat> try to put back in. Speed <clears throat> graphic back in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I have a boot full of cameras today. Also, we got in here. Okay, so um, right, I have for I'll talk about this, but I'm probably not going to use it. Actually, this is the wrong kind of. Yeah, maybe it's not. I've got my Vista color camera. What's a Vista color camera, you ask? Well, it's a 1950s box camera for project box camera. Um, don't know why it's called a color camera because it definitely shoots black and white film. I think it's because, from what little I've read, they came in different colours. So it's called a colour camera because they come in different colours. What colour's mine, you ask? Well, the picture on the front, green, one inside, black. Nice and boring. So I've got that, and I've got a roll of, uh, that takes 120, I've got a roll of 80 somewhere. So I'll crack that out a little bit later. But what I want to actually do now is head back down the path where I've just come from, past the lady where she was having a wabi, and got with me my Ondu that I won in an Analog Wonderland stroke Ondu competition a few weeks back. We arrived the other day. Absolutely freaking amazing. I love this thing. It's a 6x12 multi-format. So it shoots from 612, 6.9, 6.6. Now, I'll level with you. I've already run a roll of 120 through it, shooting 6.9, and I dicked it up. I put, uh, put the film on the wrong side, rolled it from left to right instead of right to left, and uh, that screwed up all my exposures. Well, I assume it did. I haven't developed it yet, but I got a bit. Six nine is supposed to give you eight exposures, I believe. And when I got to exposure nine, I was like, what the hell is going on here? And uh, I spoke to a couple of people online and were like, yeah, it's the wrong way around. I think it was Dan Tree said, yeah, that's going to screw your exposure. So I just rolled the film on, took it out, and I think I'll cut my losses without developing it or something. So I'm going to start again. Uh, I've got a roll of FP4, a roll of HP5, and a roll of the Corfe. But I'm not going to use this because I thought, why not do something stupid? So, let me tell you what the stupid thing I would have done was. A few weeks back, um, Analog Wonderland had um, for sale 50 foot of FPP's, um, I don't know if FPP's brand, but FPP was selling uh, like 100 foot for 50 quid, um, 35mm sprocketless Kodak 2468. 
which is a, a some sort of microfilm, but it's ISO 0.75, it's ridiculously slow, and it's a positive uh, film. So it's like their super positive film, in that you develop it in black and white chemicals, and you get a positive film. So you develop it in Rodinol, you develop it in HD110, blah, 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 you get, a, you get a positive, you get a transparency. And for some stupid reason, I impulse bought 50 quid's worth of it, 100 foot of it. Um, it's sprocketless, so it doesn't go in many of my cameras, but I thought what it will go in is the Ondu. So, I don't know why I decided to do this. Probably the same stupid reason why I was trying to make positives by contact printing negatives the other day. But I thought, well, I've just got a little bit, I rolled a little bit into a 35mm can, stuck it into the Ondu with the Ondu set of 6x12, and I thought I'll see if I can make some really long panoramas with it. So, this is 35mm in there, 6x12. There's a scene down that path that would look quite nice, especially on pinhole. So, that's what I'm going to do now. That's in a nice light carry bag. Remember, I spoke the other week about the Fuji bag, the Fuji film bag that I found at the public cell? Well, it's in that. So, I think this film is orthochromatic, but I'm not 100%. So according to the data sheet, if I read the data sheet right, it looks like it's Ortho, but no one has advertised when they sell this film that it's Ortho. FPP haven't said it, Analog Wonderland haven't said it, so I'm not 100% sure. I need to run some tests on that a bit later. So at the moment, keep the uh, red window covered. You can cover the red windows on these ondos, which is great. I've worked out that it's four turns of the um, winding knob to, to move the film along enough. I don't think there's much film in that spool, maybe enough for three shots, so we're just going to give it a go. If it works, if it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't. So, got that. Got the filter ring as well, but I ain't no way I'm going to need that. Got a light meter that doesn't go down to 0.75, so we're going to have to do some maths. This goes down to... This only goes down to 12, because it was conic. Sure, what the spot is down to actually. Six, maybe? That goes down to six. Different tripod this time. Don't need a massive magnifier. Got a slightly smaller. Randomly, there's a Manfrotto little pixie tripod in there as well. Flame of Manfrotto ambassador in this one. Not entirely a bad thing though. They do make awesome stuff. Right, so boot closed and lock. And let's head on our merry way. This tripod. I do genuinely love Manfrotto stuff. This is a Manfrotto 785B um, Modo, says on it. So I think it's marketed as like um, their travel range of tripods. So it's not anywhere near as big as and heavy as the normal Manfrotto 055, I think it's called, that I use. But it's super lightweight, like literally, it's hanging off of one finger at the moment. Barely noticed that. Great little tripod. Um, only thing I don't like about it is that it takes different 
um, plates in the top what the other one takes. Fine, not an issue, really. Um, but other than that, it's great. The bottom two sections of the legs are a bit flimsy, but kind of expect it. I don't expect to be having it at full height. At full extension, it's taller than me still. I mean, I know I'm not tall, but it's taller than me, I reckon. But the legs fold out completely flat, and you can turn the centre column upside down, get some weird angles. It's a cool shot, cool tripod. Now, I actually got this. <laughs> so, something that I used to work with years and years back, I noticed they put it on Facebook Marketplace. They wanted 20 quid for it. I was like, that's, that's a bargain. I'm going to go after that. So I asked her some questions about it. Long story short, it turned out it was missing the, the camera plate. So I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll leave it. That's, I'd have to buy a new plate. I'll leave it. Thank you very much. And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm open to offers. I was like, well, with respect, I don't want to insult you, but about the plate, it's useless. Can't take a picture of it. I'll give you a fiver for it. And she was like, it's better than to say, oh, no, no, no. She turned around and went, okay, if that's the case, then like, you, can, you might as well just have it. Um, I'll leave it outside my front door. COVID-19, social distancing and all that. Come pick it up. So I did and went on Amazon, bought a knockoff tripod plate for eight quid or something. And yeah, working tripod. So there you go. The thing I will say is it's, it's obviously not a Manfrotto um, plate. It fits, but it's a little bit wobbly, so I had to pack out the underneath it with a bit of duct tape, so just to stop it wobbling so much. But good, decent tripod, perfectly suitable for holding this onto one. So, anyway, that's the story of my free lovely tripod. Now, we are just about back to where I wanted to be. Oh, back out in the sun again. So, I've got my hoodie hood up over my baseball cap, so I must have got the right yob, but it was doing a good job of deflecting the wind off of the mic earlier, so. Exposure chart that Elvis sent. It comes with the, I assume it comes with all the undos. So it's F160, so the set your light meter to 22, take a reading, and then use the conversion time below. So F22, we're talking 15 for a second, which is 5 seconds, but that's at 12. So we're going to 6, 3, 1.5, so 4 stops. Jesus Christ. Seconds, 20 seconds, 
40 seconds, 80 seconds. That's a minute and 20. Seconds, well, four stops under. Okay. All right, so we can go about this two ways. So, so this is saying one fifteenth is five seconds. So if we go four stops, that's twenty. Double it to forty. No, sorry. Five stops, so that's double it to 10, double it to 20, double it to 40, double it to 80. 80 seconds, which is a minute and 20 seconds. Or we could go the other way. 15th goes down to an eighth, goes down to a quarter, goes down to a half, goes down to one second, which is two minutes. So, depends which way I go. Two minutes, or a minute and... Yeah, screw it. Yeah, I'll just go a minute and a half, somewhere in the middle. Cool, okay. So, I'll stick you on pause. I'll come back when this exposure's been made. Okay, so we're just coming up to the end of that. should have, well, I don't know, you'll see it eventually if it works out, but if it doesn't work out, that scene was, so just from the, we're a bit up from the estuary, up the river, and the scene was um, sort of the river coming up towards this nice little bend in the river, and I 
sort of piece of, I don't know what that is, a bit of wood of, used to be some sort of, maybe it's some little jetty or something sticking out of the water. Water coming towards us, nice little bit of, well, a hell of a lot of movement if that does actually come out a minute and a half. It's a preposterously long exposure time, but I hope that's what the meter says, and I trust it. So, gonna go off. Literally, just a minute or so up up the path to where I saw something earlier. sign that's been put up. You've got your normal public footpath sign and there's a sign underneath it now that says no through route. Parts of the river wall have been washed away for path no longer accessible. So it used to be like the river on one side and the marshes on the other um, and sort of a raised uh, sort of dirt path that ran through the middle sort of about three or four foot up from the water. It would seem that the river's broken through and taken some of that out so that's what fine with I intending to walk very far up there. Sounds a little bit better. So there's like an S-shaped curve in the river that disappears off around the corner. There's a, another sort of little jetty type thing on the right-hand side, which would be on the right of the frame. Um, using pinhole, the exposure signs, there'll be a nice little bit of movement in the water and in the sort of grasses at the edge. And there's a, the path that is, actually if we can get the path in as well, that sort of runs parallel with it. So let's get the tripod. the wind. Let's just meter that again and see what that says. It should be pretty much the same. It's exactly the same. So we've got a minute and a half again, I suppose. Just 
clear sky, so I'm actually going to try and point that down a little bit. Keep it flat, but point it down a little bit. Okay. Hopefully, just lose a bit of that boring sky. Okay, so let's get the timer out again. Still set a minute and a half. Tripod isn't going anywhere, despite how flimsy it might look. Viewfinder, so I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to get, but according to the frame lines, we should be getting everything in that I want. Oh, hang on. Oh, I've just realised that because that's got a bit of 35mm film in there, the side frame lines aren't going to, they're not relevant because the film isn't 6cm high. lower that not quite so much. I still don't want half of the frame to be taken up with the best guy, but I don't want as much of the ground because I've run the risk of chopping the horizon off altogether. So we'll lower that, raise it up just a slight little bit more. Okay. Open the shutter. Time to set. And there we go. We'll leave that for a minute and a half. something in there about having to do it a little bit more as the film bunches up on the spool but frankly I was a bit generous with the four turns and I can't bother to work out whether I need more or less so just 
just an experiment to see whether it works. So it's film work, basically. Right. Let's roll. Heading back to the car, just done again. Heading back to the car, and um, so now we have a decision to make. Do we go home? I've made three images. Doesn't sound very much. And again, um, yeah, cut that down. Um, made three pictures: two pinup pictures, one large format picture. And I could just go home now, but it's still only it's 25 past two, so I've got loads of time left in the day. So what I might do is head back to the car, make a decision about what camera to take from there, and then go for another little walk. So the car park that I'm parked in, I mentioned earlier, was sort of part of the old station grounds. It's actually literally just on the the main road, the main A12. Um, that will mean anything to most of you but so if you cross that main road the footpath carries on um, back in the direction of uh, Walberswick where I've been taking photographs before um, So yeah, like I say, the, the path basically cuts across the main road and then carries on um, for quite a few miles actually until you reach the area um, near Walberswick where I was taking pictures before and eventually it follows all the way, the route all the way back out to Southwold. I'm not going to go that far today but I might just, um, yeah, I might just cross the path and have a wander up, cross the road sorry, and have a wander up the path, maybe a mile or so and see what's up there. Well, I know what's up there, but just see whether there's, I took some pictures up there before with a 35 um, millimeter camera that I was testing out before I ended up selling. Um, it's one of those routes where I sort of test cameras. So I might have a, never really walked up there with the intention of making any sort of serious work. So what do I take? Um, I don't want to take the Ondo. I've done two shots with that and I know it's quite a thin path. So, very wide panoramic pictures aren't going to be a thing up there. So we'll leave that. And what else have I got in the car? I've got my A1. It's got some Kemi 400 in it. Obviously it must be graphic. Oh yeah, and there's the box hammer. Oh, that might be some new stuff. 
because I don't want to be carrying tons of stuff. I certainly don't want to be carrying, I want to take the speed graphic, um, but I want to take the box camera as well. I can't fit more both because my speed graphic is sort of perfectly snug in the bag that it's in. <laughs> There's no room in it for extra cameras. So I think I might just leave the box camera and take the speed graphic. Oh, it's so difficult. Why didn't I just come out on one camera? Right, let's just, you don't need to hear me waffle on about that. I'll make the decision then I'll come back to you in a bit. So I was just uh, literally about to hit record and uh, I was going to tell you about the, as I mentioned earlier, about the how snug everything fits in my bag. I was going to tell you the story of how I got this bag. Hang on, there's a seat here. I'm put this down and sort of get some shelter. Okay. So I was going to tell you the story of how I got this bag. So at a car boot sale the other week, I picked up a um, uh, some Minolta maybe. Say like a Dynax, Dynax 5 was it? I can't remember. Some SLR kit that I wasn't familiar with, but I literally picked it up because it looked it was a good nick, and I was going to turn it around, flip it for my chroma camera fund. Um, and it, it was like a full set, it came in this bag, had like a tripod, uh, which incidentally was broken, uh, full range of lenses and filters and stuff, and it was in really tidy nick. And the guy wanted like a tenner or something for it, so I gave him a half inch the bag because it was bigger than my last bag for my large format stuff. And it had a little passion. It was one from, you know, Seven Day Shop, the photography shop. And I didn't think it was particularly expensive or anything, but it looked fairly well made. And I sort of picked the, this morning actually, I picked the Seven Day Shop badge off of it, the intention of putting uh, some I don't know, film badge or something on it, patch or something on it. And I brought it out and I was literally about to hit record, tell you the story about this bag, how it's really great, fits all the stuff in it. And the strap snapped. <laughs> so it's got the, like the material strap, you know, like a, it's a hold all style camera bag. It's got the strap that, you know, with the little clips that clip on either end, and literally both the clips snap at the same time. <laughs> so fuck this bag, <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Fortunately, um, it's got a handle on the top so I can carry it like a carrier carrier bag. So I ain't going to go too far down here like that. Yeah, so that's second round of thing that's happened on this walk. Um, so yeah, I think. So yeah, decision was made. I went speed graphic, and potentially that was a stupid idea because now I have a broken bag. But I'm not too sure whether I'm going to carry on down this path or not because I know that for quite a while, at least, a good probably 20 minutes walk, it's just like I said about on the other side. It's kind of raised up marshes on one side, and this side there's like fields on the other. But it's raised up a good sort of six feet uh, with nothing really sheltering it. So it's windy as hell. It's, it's really quite windy. I think I've managed to shelter you now because I've got my hood up on my back to back to the wind. But I'm not going to be able to do that walking. So this is a bit of a shame. I was kind of looking. There is one potential shot from where I'm standing, but again, it's just another 
the scene of the, the path just sort of winding pretty much straight into the distance. Pretty sure we'll have a look through the ground glass and see, but yeah, it might work. I'm doing like the older, uh, like the director's two L's in the hand making a rectangle. Yeah, it could look alright, a little portrait shot of that. So we'll have a little look at that. Now, in my busted bag. It's actually got a, it's a really nice bag. I'll just find another, see if I can find another strap for it. Let's get this thing out and have a gander. sake of a sheet of film. We'll give that a shot. Uh, right, so because I want this in portrait, this doesn't have like a revolving back or anything, so you literally have to turn the camera through um, 90 degrees. Um, so on this there's a tripod um, socket. So on the, one on the back, or one on the bottom and one on the side. So you literally just turn it over. screens on it. It's still quite a bright day. That 
worked alright, quite nice. Found a single composition. Stopping right down to F32, I don't know, but I feel if I tell people that I focus with that one, they'll be like, ooh, pitchforks and everything. Right, that's in focus. Lights in overall, and would expect fairly quick shutter speeds, even at 32. So we're going to go dark bits there on about six. That's on about seven. Give some movement in all of these uh, reeds and grasses and leaves that are coming along. Juxtaposed quite nicely with the rigidity of the trees and the actual tree trunks. So, 1B is what we want now. Three, two, one. 
box and go back in. Come on, out. that I made that shot and I ain't gonna carry on down this path because frankly it's just it's ridiculous especially with this bag now how it is so I'm gonna pack up the camera can't release the tripod thing there we go this wind is doing my head in I'm sure it's doing your head in I will uh either come back when I've got something more interesting to say or to sign off in a bit. So, cheers guys, I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay, so, I think that's it for today. It's now quarter past three, that's been a good couple of hours out. Taking some photos. Um, yeah, I was gonna go out, I just I jumped in the car from, from Blythburgh and I sort of headed off out with not really much of an idea where I was going to go. Um, I wanted to shoot the um, Vista Color camera for Project Box camera, but I don't know. Um, just I didn't really have a clear idea of where I wanted to go, no sort of clear idea of what I wanted to shoot with it. So I kind of drifted in the car off towards somewhere where I had half an idea off out towards the coast and just decided that you know what, yeah, it's kind of late in the month. What is it, like halfway through the month? Um, <clears throat> what am I talking about? Um, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to find time to shoot at the moment. Um, I think, I can't remember if I've spoken about it, but recently I've started uh, a new job um, where I'm really quite busy, and it's a Monday to Friday job. It's the first time I've had like a Monday to Friday job in quite some years. I'm used to sort of working quite unsociable hours. Good thing about working these on sociable hours was that I had time during the day to uh, go off out and take some pictures. Um, that's now not the case, and I find picture taking time eating into sort of family weekend time. Um, and I don't want it to do that. I mean, today is an exception because with this stupid rule of six, stupid, but sorry, this this rule of six, which means I can't couldn't go off with the family and what have you. Um, well, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so yeah, um, I felt that I wanted to go and shoot some stuff for Project Box camera while I had the time, but it seems that if I haven't got really an idea of what I wanted to do or somewhere sort of firm that I actually wanted to go and something I want to shoot with it, it seems like it's potentially just a wasted role and not really got any point to shooting it. Does that make sense? So I decided against it, so I turned the car around and I'm now sort of heading back towards home. And unless I think of anything then, just about 10 minutes, probably isn't going to happen, uh, I'm not going to bother. I was thinking about uh, another place on the railway line that I was going to go and shoot, but I've shot it before. I think I may even have attempted to shoot it for Project Box Camera before. Um, just sort of, you know, I'm sure I've spoken, yeah, I definitely have spoken about it on the podcast. I remember talking about it, one of my very first um, 
out and about once um, in house off down the folly. So, no, I'm not going to go do that now. So, I'm going to stop waffling on. God knows how long this episode is actually going to end up being. I've waffled on quite a lot today, I feel. Um, so, we're just going to call it quits for today. So, I'm just driving on quite a skinny road. And hands free, of course, with this nice new microphone. Um, yeah, so that's it. We'll call it a day. Um, you can see my work, my work on Instagram at Neil underscore Piper. You can hopefully see some of the shots I've shot today when I actually get them developed um, on the show's Instagram, which is at sort of whitewash. Alex's Instagram is at Grainy Blur. If you'd like to see his work, um, by the time this goes out, you will have hopefully heard his a little walk around the old abandoned wildlife park and the uh, story of the crazy pelican <laughs> which still cracks me up um, which uh, as that time of recording that show is scheduled to go out tomorrow I think so you should hopefully have heard that if you haven't heard that go and listen to that because that was funny as hell um, yeah hopefully at some point soon Alex and I will find the time to have a, a sit down and catch up together talk about what we're doing and um, and that's it. I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of the intro and outro music that you heard at the beginning of the show and that you're potentially here right now while I'm talking. And if you'd like to support the show, if you like what Alex and I do, feel free to head over to Coffee and throw a couple of kid into the into the pot. That's ko-fi.com forward slash mywash. Thanks again, as always, guys, for listening. I shall talk to you again soon. See you later. Bye-bye.